Hello everyone and welcome back to Arsenal Pass, limited time only. I am your host Hayden, one half of Arsenal Pass of course, and this is a podcast on all things limited in flesh and blood. Specifically, this is season one and we're talking Outsiders Limited, focusing a lot on the Outsiders draft format in the upcoming Road to National season. We've got Pro Tour just around the corner and Skirmish season is in full effect as well, where I know a lot of people are playing Sealed and draft as well as part of the skirmish season so i hope that our episodes here on limited time only have been a big help for you out there if you are playing skirmish season and continue to be a help a bit of a resource as we head towards the pro tour and of course road to national season now last week we spoke about the first of our classes in outsiders limited and when it comes to draft we spoke about assassin with chu hing of singapore and we have another top player from the apac region joining us this week in alan lao from hong kong part of team blue pitch uh, joins us to talk all things Ranger, which is super exciting. Now, I've been doing a lot of drafts. I've taken a little bit of a break between last episode and this episode. I haven't done a draft yet. I will be drafting again this week. Been busy, been away, been traveling. It's been good to be back. I am home. Uh, if you saw last week's episode, I was not. I was in producer Dave's house recording an episode. So shout out to producer Dave who uh, helps us with the podcast and videos and everything um, for allowing me to use his office while I was traveling. I was in Christchurch. Uh, I got to play a skirmish though, which was super exciting. So after I recorded the episode with Chu Hing, I played a skirmish that weekend. I did so I lied. I did get to draft. I drafted a ninja deck um, in the top eight of the skirmish. It was a sealed skirmish top eight draft. I made it all the way to the finals and played a ninja mirror. I was on Benji, played against Katsu, and got taken down by one of the old school, one of the OGs, original players from uh, back in the day, the first ever calling winner. Isaac. So Isaac took me down on his Kartu deck. It was a it was a great game. It was fun to to play him. And I had a great day playing skirmish as well. Had a, a pretty good or a pretty solid Azuri deck in sealed and then drafted Benji in top eight. Ninja felt pretty open. There was just two of us at the table. I want to say a massive shout out and thank you to everyone who's been tuning in to Limited Time Only, whether you've been doing it through our podcast platforms on Spotify, Apple, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera, or whether you've been right here on YouTube watching the videos and leaving comments. Um again. If you're a fan of what we do here at Arsenal Pass, then dropping a like and, and leaving a comment plus subbing to the channel is really, really helpful. Uh, just, just shows a little support going our way. You can also check us out on patreon.com forward slash Arsenal Pass. If you like the episode that I did, I called it episode 3.5. It was the episode two weeks ago where I did a draft walkthrough. I have another draft walkthrough that's about to go up on Patreon only, so I'm keeping those to Patreon. We're going to just do the main pod here, uh, but there will be some draft walkthroughs going up on Patreon alongside all the other content that we do as Arsenal Pass on the AP Patreon. Um, Anyway, let's get into it and talk about this week's pod. We have an awesome guest hailing all the way from Hong Kong, a player who has done very well on the international stage, top 16 at Worlds, just narrowly missing top eight at the World Championship last year, top four at the Singapore Calling. Um, and yeah, Alan Lau, just a very good player, a very good mind. And I want to shout out to Alan as well for agreeing to join me on the pod. You know, English is not Alan's first language. He did an amazing job with this pod. Uh, talked a lot about Ranger and the key cards you want to draft, the, how you want to draft Ranger, what you're looking for to make a great Azalea deck and a great Riptide deck, and some of the ways that, you know, staying open, things like this. I want to give some of my thoughts because I let Alan talk a lot during this pod about Ranger because Alan had a lot to say and a lot of really good information to impart. So there's a couple of things that I didn't get a chance to talk about when it came to this podcast. I wanted to shout them out before we got into it when it comes to Ranger. I've been really enjoying drafting Ranger myself. Probably my favorite class, I think, to draft in Outsiders Draft, to be honest. Uh, and I really like drafting Riptide in particular, but I have also had a lot of fun drafting Azalea. Uh, and I guess one of the things I wanted to talk about when it comes to drafting Ranger in particular is that I think one of the things I want to harp back on, and you'll hear about it a bit in the pod, is that uh, in an interview with, with Alan, is that 
The difference between Azalea and Riptide is really, really big, I think. Azalea wants different cards, Riptide wants different cards. And what I mean by this, and, and Alan talks about it as well, is that Azalea, I think you really just, you, you can't have filler in your deck. You need pumps, you need attacks, you want a really succinct deck. And Riptide feels a little bit different, feels, plays a little bit more defensively, wants to really leverage that hero ability and, uh, and you're flipping your arrow to get the, the effect. Leveraging traps, leveraging cards to play from hand so that you can put arrows into your arsenal. I think that's a really big difference. And I did just want to like, just really highlight it again before we get into the main topic of the pod. But with that said, um, again, Alan does such a great job of articulating just kind of what it is to draft Ranger in this format and things you should go after. So let's get into it and talk to Alan. Limited time only, episode five, and I have the pleasure of being joined by one of Hong Kong's finest players, Alan Lau. Alan, welcome to the pod. Thank you so much for coming on. Uh, I want to give you the opportunity to maybe introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about uh, who you are and, and what you do in Flesh and Blood. Hi, everyone. Uh, I'm Alan Lau from Bookish, and thanks for having me. And I start playing TCG since uh, 2015, and I started playing with Magic in the beginning. And I started playing Flash and Plus uh, between the Crucible of War and Monarch season. Yeah, and Alan, when we first we we briefly, very briefly met at Worlds because I was um I was playing against your good friend also from Blue Pitch in the we we both top sixteen worlds, so that that's how I knew. Uh, and of course, so did your teammate from Blue Pitch as well. And um, you, I know you came second in the the Dev Challenge. Uh, how you know? Tell us a little bit about your kind of your I guess achievements or experience in flesh and blood. You know, you top sixteen worlds. Um, what what other events have people maybe maybe seen you at? Uh, I'm top sixteen at worlds, and I'm also top four in the Singapore calling. And and also my friends thing is also a top sixteen in the worlds, and I usually practice with my teammates Blue Pitch. Uh, which is originally founded by a local game store called Battleface, which is the same BP. And I always testing with us. And it's very common that uh, getting frustration when practicing with those guys because they are really good. Yeah, I can attest. You have a very, very good team, I think. Quietly, one of the best teams in the in the world, which people may not realize as well. Uh, I wanted to as well ask you, um, I guess, or I just I guess plug, but for those people maybe out there that haven't seen, you also create some content as well. You have a blue pitched YouTube channel, is that is that right? Where you make some content as well? Yeah, uh, we made uh, we usually made some videos about the uh, rules explanation and the uh, death tech series, and we might. We we uh we we might delete we delete some uh our deck tech series and I think we will post it very soon after the pro tours because uh we are busy at the moment. Yeah, yeah. So Alan will be at Worlds uh with Xing, so you'll both be there and uh, representing Blue Pitch. So look out for you know the content on Blue Pitch on YouTube as well. So Alan, we're we're gonna talk about how to draft Ranger in outsiders i know obviously you're furiously getting ready testing for the pro tour you told me before you you've done about 26 drafts uh so first of all i want to ask you a little bit about what are your thoughts on outsiders draft before we get into the the sort of the ranger of it all yeah i absolutely love the outsider draft 
a lot more than sealed in my uh, previous experience. And I felt like uh, LSS put a lot of effort on the draft experience in this set. And I think this is so far my best uh, limited, favorite, my favorite limited set since I, I don't have much experience on the, the BTL and the ALC. So since Monash, then this is my best limited experience so far. Yeah, I mean, don't worry, you, you didn't miss much with Arcane Rising, uh, so don't, yeah. don't worry about that, Alan. <laughs> uh, what What is your favorite thing about this Outsiders draft? You know, I know you did a lot of Uprising because of, of Worlds and um, the Singapore Calling. You know, maybe you could compare it a little bit to that. What do you like about Outsiders Limited? I love this limited experience because this set, it felt like uh, every hero's got a chance to feel. Uh, for my experience in out uprising draft, I forcing fight every time, and that's why my elos can support me go to the protuers because I think fight is broken, and and other than that, um, this set is way more balancing compared with the other set I have experienced, and if some heroes are slightly overpowered, then more people draft than other heroes will also get a chance to compete with them. Unlike fights that even a four, four to five fights, I, I got to win a LTN with five fights in my final draft pot, but I don't think it will be possible in the outsider drafts. That's why I love this draft so much. Yeah, the, the meta game that is involved with draft is something that's really fascinating and I don't think we saw it with Uprising. Like you say, you know, Fi and the the ability for Fi to support. I I had the same at Nationals, I three out a pod as a as a five of a Fi in the middle as well. Like it's it's a very different in this format where there's a lot more balance to the cards. You know, there's there's more generics, obviously. Um, it feels like such a, it feels like we really have a meta game. You know, if people think assassins are strongest and you have four assassins, that really opens you up to things like um like ranger which we're going to talk about today and if you're one of the two in ranger and ninja you can have potentially a really powerful deck so yeah i i've been finding the same experience without Sarah's draft which i just continue to want to do more and more um so you said you've done 26 drafts uh you know have you have you drafted a particular hero more than others or, or less than others so far uh for the off hand games uh i've draft assassin assassin more than other heroes because uh uh, based on the uh, performance on the sealed event, then and how good usually that and everyone it, on the Twitter they post it, they've uh, 4 0 or 5 0 in their peer release with usury. Then I absolutely try out and I found out that it is completely different with the uh, with the seal format because in seal you just put everything in it and you just make a usury pile and it's a grindy and maybe it's much more about the card quality and f and after those 10 drafts i i shifted to other heroes and compared with t my 10 first game um i'm clearly doing better with ninjas or 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 rangers uh, not meaning that assassin is bad but my uh, assuming the drafting port is four two two, which is uh for assassin two ninjas and two rangers, 
in this situation, I believe that uh, arrangers have an ability to deal with uh, assassin heroes. And I have, for my testing, uh, I have to do some weird thing, such as I first picked the Pendulum Trap. Uh, hope I pronounce it right. And yeah, we all, yeah, uh, my my me and my testing partner always joke about how strong lava burst in a rising. And then yeah. every every cast that fulfill uh lava burst that's zero for five, uh, such as the barrel trap, then he just snap pick it because he just think this is a lava burst and I have to pick it. And so far, I have. Two, I have two three zero with my Kasu and two three zero with my Riptide, and I doing horribly in my assassin mirror. So, so I'm glad that Chewing helped me get through that episode. Yeah, exactly. I mean, Chewing. I mean, shout out to Chewing and and talking to us about assassin last week. Well, you know, you're having all the success with Ranger, so that's why we've got you, Alan, to talk about Ranger. Um. Why don't we get on and, and talk a bit about Ranger? Uh, and I want to ask, start with a question. You know, when it comes to drafting Ranger, what makes you want to play Ranger when it comes to Outsiders Limited? Like, why, why play Ranger? What's, what's drawing you to the, the heroes? Um, first thing that uh, why I like to draft Rangers in this set is because uh, uh, I said that uh, I, I presume is uh four two two and the best thing of uh two ranger is usually one is on Acelia and one is on Reptile. Uh that's they the cast that they need to use are completely different. That's you can you can support uh one Acelia player and one Reptile players. And and uh to mention that uh I think clearly Assassin is the best if there is Free or fewer, but I think most people realize that, and I think it will end up in four two two. So if you if you think that um there are many rangers in the pot, uh, although I love rangers, uh, I suggest you don't jump into it. And and talking about uh the f- my first experience with rangers, that's uh my first. Uh, what's it called? My first glance of the Rangers is, is not that good because you know, uh, we started play previous be- before dropping, and Ranger is uh as known as uh getting easily getting fatigued in the uh previous format, and in draft is a total different story. Uh, which I will talk about it later uh, more times, which is. My theory is total value is the complete a whole deck total values with the other decks. And what is total value? Total value is a all attack value plus in your deck. And Rangers compared with two other hero is the most highest attack value because those attack those uh those highest number are covering that rangers don't have a weapon to make sure you have a strong late game even with yellow uh arrows you with aim counter you still come with one one and five 
And I know it sounds uh, very weird, but just imagining every arrows, red arrows in your deck is a red cut down to size. And then you just push it and then two, uh, one for encounter, one for the arrows, and every card is a two for six, brought for three, and it, it will be much better, I guess. Yeah, that's such an interesting way to look at it, this kind of value proposition, like you say, when it comes to arrows, because, you know, the the the, the downside people always say, well, you, you know, you don't have a weapon and it's harder to use your whole hand. But if you can find ways to use your whole hand and you also have just a deck full of good attacks, and that's before we even start to talk about the non-attack actions, right? And the power of those when you combine them either with Dominate with Azalea or to leverage Riptide's hero ability. There's, you know, there's good things there as well. But um you know your cards also say defend three as well those arrows you know there's so much utility to them and um the the thing i've been finding about draft is and you you had on a really good point which i want to ask you about in a second which is about the the four two two split and two ranges but when you are one of those two ranges your card quality is so high and you can have this like you say total value i think it's such a cool way to look at it um gives you so much you know the, the density of your deck you know it's you have so much damage that you can't really be fatigued and also your value of trade actually gets above weapons because you know something like a spider's bite is really great on offense right and it does make defending difficult but the average value of the the damage output of any given card in assassin is actually a lot lower than what ranger is it's just about how you utilize your hand and the overall card quality you know assassin can do a lot more with a lot less as opposed to ranger really needs the tools so with that said i want to ask you a question because something i found in my drafts is three four rangers feels really really bad Th three sometimes fine okay if i'm one say i'm the azalea and there's two riptides because what i found is that azalea really wants different cards to riptide right i want my spire snipings i want you know these sorts of cards i want the, the i'm a bit more keen on um you know not having filler i guess whereas riptide i'm okay to have the defensive cards i'm okay to have you know um a bit a bit more value oriented cards do, do you think if you were in a, a three maybe or you're you're a ranger, say you're a riptide, and there's two riptides at the table. Do you think it's just bad? Like, it's just not where you want to be? It's, is it that bad? Uh, first thing, four is definitely a no for me. <laughs> and I think uh, three ranger is uh, my is the most number that I can play rangers. And I think um, you want to avoid it because if there are three rangers, then, then the other five players are share that two cards, which is not good for us. Then you might you might need to jump into either Kasu or Assassin. And if you want to aim two one or higher, then two rangers is the best. And and three range. We if we don't talk if we don't talk about someone changing in the middle, then. You better you better jump into ranger after you're very sure that there are only one to two rangers that need the yeah, point. Okay. Makes sense. Makes sense. And and you can by that point in the draft you can see the card quality is higher. Maybe there is three rangers, but the, the just the card quality with these packs in particular seems to be good. You know, there's a higher number of red arrows or there's good number of generic pumps that maybe, you know, you're seeing at the table just because the, the card quality overall is higher. I wanna ask when it comes to drafting ranger. You say, you know, being three or four of a ranger is really bad. So does that mean you want to stay open and go into ranger later when you see the cards going around? Or do you like to actually force it and try and send the signal, hey, I'm in ranger, stay out? Like, how do you like to draft ranger? Um, 
this is a very interesting topic because uh, I'm drafting a Japanese screen in uh, Hong Kong and uh, according my observations and the pack distribution and that if you picking a let's say you have a, a three two two which means three generics and other class two cards that you pick a you pick a ranged cast then it will be a three two two one but it's also a possibility that there is a four generic pair and ranges already missing one that is i think is designed by the lss that they want to the signal harder to read i'm not sure that but uh giving that possibility uh, i'm trying to avoid forcing into anything even even into assessing that great uh if there's few people and i still try to avoid it but i think into a certain amount of certain number of picks i will suggest around four to five picks that you have to decide because uh, my friend told me a theory that uh, if a good card passing out for example you saw your red infecting shot in the pick four then if you don't if you don't take it, then your your uh, next players will be uh, will definitely pick it because it's the uh, best card of the deck, and they might everyone might pick generics in the uh, two to three picks. Then they can decide to uh, play rangers, and also is uh, also there are one one also very interesting factors that there are two good cards good class card in the same pack for example uh, there are two there are one infecting short red and one withering short red which is very rare but in this case if you if you pick even you pick a red infecting short you, you if you're passing the ferrity shot to your next player they will vote oh oh the my upper guys they don't pick rangers then you may crush together and you will absolutely get a horrible rough experience and and i think if the player are experienced that they will try to stay open and they will try to pick generics or those build cards cards to avoid it uh so as i and i will i will not try to force it unless this uh there's uh, some cards that worth forcing uh that's why i love playing rangers or assassin more than ninja although i got a ninja better performance and it rather than assassin is because these are so many cards more cards that when you sort it you have to pick it then you don't have a reasons uh to play ninja if you see a dishonor or uh, the 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 kick and those are uh, those shitty uh, majestic but you have a reason if you if you saw a death touch then you have no choice but you, you you must pick either rangers or or assassin and in the those majestic i would say uh shakedown you have to pick usury and if you saw the collapsing trap then you have to pick because it's a single get single-handed win the game card that you need to jump into but 
I either I see if I don't see this kind of phenomenal cast, then I won't I, I won't jump into anything and I will stay. Yeah, that's really interesting. I think you know, Alan. I guess to kind of sum it up, you know, you you're wanting to stay open, and you, you the card needs to be like really high quality if you at a first or second or even third picket and go into a class early, um, because like you say. You know, one thing actually as well is that we don't know what the print run's going to be for the Pro Tour. So sending signals could be even more difficult than it is already with, say, the the current print run. Like you say, I think LSS have made a concerted effort to make it a little bit difficult when it comes to signals. You know, you can have, uh, like you say, you could have that 3-2-2-2 or you could have that 4-2-2-1. And especially it makes it really difficult if you take a class card. What did they take? I have no clue. You often, even if the person is forcing or say, you know, say, Alan, you're sitting to my right, I'm to your left. I won't know until pack three, even if you're forcing potentially what you're actually forcing because the, the pack distribution can muddle it up. So it's it's really interesting. I think the top players I've talked to so far, yourself included, Alan, you know, uh, Chu Hing last week, prefer to stay open. And I think we'll see that when it comes to the Pro Tour, I think we'll see that kind of just, just in general, people will, will default a bit more to staying open, which in theory can leave some space for players who like to force uh, because they can potentially dictate to players that are staying open if people are choosing to stay open up until pick four pick five for instance uh potentially someone at the table one person at the table forcing could get paid off so which is an interesting sort of dynamic i think um i wanted to i guess ask you let's talk a little bit about azalea let's talk a little bit about riptide specifically maybe you can give me what are the strengths of each of these two heroes when it comes to outsiders draft and you know why you want to be in them or or not Okay, uh, let's start with the Acelia first. Uh, uh, she is very good when you can dominate her arrows in the first turn. That you get a, even you get a free damage, then you get a much uh, advantage in the game. And also, dominate is a powerful keyword that's uh, assessing because the game will go grindy sometimes. So, uh, dominate can avoid it. and. Compared with with high Asia is more easy to get. Uh, fatigue. Uh, it sounds weird because dominate should be avoiding fatigue, but my testing is um, because you take a lot of pumps. Just imagine every pump is a red hat trap. Then use it. Then we go into graveyard. But my my all arrows is always uh at least even the blue with an impact is a one for four. And when the game goes long enough, and not mention that the pumps is always two blocks, although it's very good with your dominate arrow. And but besides that, um, dominates can avoid because sometimes assassin they want to block their hands, and dominates avoid it. And it's just uh, also very interesting that Assyria is much harder than reply because uh sometimes you don't have a way to look through your deck such as the way you find the chest uh we find the head and the reference rebel or even you use sick horizon to put that up you have to memorize your teaching order um which is uh defining a good acidia player or a bad acidia player in the draft and more than that um it is good in the late game because I just find out that uh, if you have no decks in your deck, you can put an arrow and then you just use ability to give it dominate. So it's usually how the games end. If goes grindy, and Asia is a, uh, I think 
they tend to make the game go shorter because total value is for reply majority of the time and Asilia, if you can make the games very quickly, then you are good. And Riptide is the strength of Riptide is that he is very good to utilize his bolt abilities. And I would say that uh, the bolt, that's the weapons, uh, but most of the time Riptide using is the aim counter. And the Asilia, most of the time, they are using the first ability, like putting the general. And just imagining uh, every trap uh, in Riptide decks, if it triggers, it's a 0 for 5, because uh, 0 for 3 for the defense, 1 for the damage, and 1 for that you putting the card into Arsenal face down, and then you can use the arrows, you can use the bow to give it an encounter, because uh, you, you don't have a... because it's much harder to give a encounter in Assyria because you have to put it in the arsenal before a turn. But if you are putting uh if you are using Riptide, you use a trap in hand and then you put a counter you put a, you put a card in the arsenal and then turn it face up as a zero for five which which makes my lava burst fury and the and since uh if much most of the arrows you can give it an encounter and Aim counter is always means plus one in the limited format. And if you do it long enough, then your total value will be very high. And I love retires. Actually, I have a preference with the Rangers hero, which is uh Riptide is uh always better than Assyria. But if if there's is only two Rangers that I, I clearly believe that they can pick up both very good back yeah i range i mean you said zero for five but it can be more than that you know you trigger blood rot trap or something and you know it could be zero for seven like the the, the value on those you talk about lava vest theory sometimes they're they're even better than that but i think that's such a good way to look at it is that if you can turn those traps into zero for five you know you talked about first picking a pendulum trap earlier which i almost fell off my chair when you said that because <laughs> i think that trap is you know it's it's on on total is pretty bad comparative but you know if you can trigger these these effects you know you are getting like you say look at it you the zero for three on defense you get the plus one damage plus you get the ability to put the arrow into arsenal for free which means that you can uh get the plus one by paying a resource is really really valuable and even some other times one of the things i was finding is that towards the the sort of middle of the game when you're looking for a pivot turn you can put a zero cost arrow in and you know you might not be putting an aim counter on it but you're now no longer having to pay for that arrow you come in with a a, a Merkmeyer grapnel for instance and um you can really pivot off something like that which is is really powerful so yeah re really really good the other thing that i really want to point out because you you talked about it with azalea was this kind of in game loop with the arrow to make sure it has dominate i think that's something that that people don't quite realize with azalea's hero ability so you the hero ability the the arrow and then you give it dominate is um is really powerful plus obviously just just second cycle and things like that azalea i think on the whole you kind of alluded to it alan harder to draft but harder to play as well um I, I think when it comes to drafting i don't know if you find this as well but i find with azalea a bit more difficult because you really can't have filler in azalea like you really need a lot of good ways to see the top of your deck you need a lot of good red arrows and you need good pumps and cards like even a card like Peace of Mind, which I think is a good card, can feel really, really bad in Azalea when you see it off the top, for instance. Yeah. Uh, I would say that uh, 
if you go for the ASEAN, uh, you, you you should be aiming to go tall. That's uh, you highly prioritize your red pumps, uh, no matter what, and the red scouts, uh, you should always uh, take it earlier, because uh, the red and um, because always the zero for three, that's make your arrows dominate is always helping you closer the game quicker. And the key cards of the Assyria, uh, first thing I want to mention is uh, infecting shot and the withering shot is always good in both ranges. Uh, so if you decided, uh, don't, don't have to hesitate. Uh, it's, uh, you have to pick it. And other than that, uh, you have to, in case you can't really remember your second cycle or in the middle of the game that you might have to pick those cards that help you look through the top of your deck. For example, the key card is uh, Wingfinder Crest, uh, Spire Sniping, or Ravenous Rebel. Uh, personally, I, I don't like Ravenous Rebel in this draft, just like I don't like uh, Sonata Entrance in the when I ping CC, even it helped me get through a lot of times, but I just don't like this kind of randomness card unless mm. unless you're using usury ability or you have no cards in your deck. Oh, it's definitely a, a zero or five. Then that on that time that's a good. But other than that, is Ravenous Rebel is uh good on a because it helps you make food a uh, different decision. Then the rarest pumps always good. Um especially Crowd Walk and the priority one. Um I I might take a yeah I may make a hot take about that priority token is the best better than the Barrot token in the limited form because um my biggest enemy of rangers should be Kasu because uh should be a uh, super ninja actually and the uh when you compete with those ninjas that's a priority token stops their kotachi attacking even one turn that you are leaking less to damage and not mentioning that sometimes they have an arsenal that you just easily make out uh free free damage and in the, in some emergency spots that uh if you are under pressure, that's even you should uh take shots. Yeah, all, all we know is a very uh value, high quality arrows, even auto include in classical construct, and it still can't help you change the game. And if you prioritizing a serial, then you should take it. I even though it you you have a chance that it passing back into second cycle, uh I suggest you don't take a risk and grab it early. You know, you just said you want to make sure you don't pass those those cards around. Um, what 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 were those cards? Just to recap. Um, for instance, uh, red pumps every lens with XX mm -hmm. and red scout, and uh, I guess in Asilia you can highly pick red red ravenous rebel and. And of course, there's uh, spires like 
And I guess when it when it comes to Riptide, what are the cards that you maybe differentiate, you prioritize higher, and they're a bit different to Azalea? I, this is the first one that comes to mind is Traps, right? Traps are, you know, Lava Bursts, they're MVPs. So how high are you picking the Traps when it comes to Ranger? Um, and does it mean that if you're picking the Traps, you're going to draft Riptide? I think uh, Trap is what's supporting me. Riptide is viable in the in the in this limited format because um, those trap is a very powerful one, and in Riptide's hand, it could also deal one extra damage, which is huge in which is huge in the middle of the late game, and I think most majority of the trap is good. And I think they designed that that the the activate attack reaction one was the best since it's uh, most difficult to trigger. But for me, I think because uh, I I love every every dual cast trap, and I will high pick it, and not not only because they are good in. Uh, reply. They also fit in every deck, and trap is a key that help us fight through those assassin because it won't fed by the spider bite, which is very important. And also, the trap are easier to trigger, which means they're easier to do one damage, and they are always very annoying to deal with. And yeah. what trap is MVP against assassin? Because uh, against Usury, they always activate it. And this is a zero for seven, just like you say. And Biology Trap um, is, is I've, I will put, I think even you using Biology Trap to block the Spider Bite, and I think it's good enough because you are dealing one and stopping the next attack with their weapons. Which I will mention later. And inertia trap is uh better than better to uh inertia shop. I, I forget a station shop because uh when you're using the defense reaction, it's harder to operate your game plan. If you're using a station yes. shop yeah, in your they, time, they can't see it coming, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's the key that's uh how you beat the range rangers viewers. Uh, which I don't assume that will happen a lot, but uh, and other than that, uh, not talking about the majestic trap, because it's hard to see in the draft. And those those uh three yellow rare traps are good, and my favorites uh and the wrong trap. Uh, every time you trigger it, and which means you win the game, because uh, I always joke with my friends that uh, Codex of Fairy is a zero for eight, and if the Pandurum trap trigger is a zero for ten or zero for eleven, so and and you will facing a lot of assassin. I think your uh ex. Imagination is uh, facing two assassin in the total draft, and this card is a MVP 
against those heroes. And I think uh, Falcon Wing is a bit uh, trap card because uh, it's very hard to because you, you want to avoid the long attention in real time. And you just want every card blocks for free. And if the cast doesn't attack, then that card must should be a trap that helps you makes you aim counters and go through the late game. And other than that, I think every arrows with a aim counter plus one then is good enough. Reply uh is all about traps that uh help you fight through those non-rangers heroes. The final cast that I want to talk about in real time that might be useful sometimes is uh rush off. Um but this card has a has its flaws that uh if your brush off doesn't trigger then you immediately lose the game. So just uh yeah. <laughs> That's true. What about um you know, I think it's a really good contrast of for for the audience, you know, for our, our listeners of limited time only of the differences between Azalea. You know, you pointed out some things between Azalea and Riptide, you know, Riptide about the traps. Azalea, it's all about clean decks with pumps and arrows and you want the key arrows like you're saying you know spire sniping the the infecting with the shots you want these plus you know the pumps are so key you want to be taking those get go tall go tall go dominate um make sure you've got cards to look at the top of your deck wayfarer's uh, headpiece for instance riptide on the other hand bit more malleable there's a bit more give and take you can have a bit more defensive cards you can have um these kind of you know just 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 value proposition like you're saying the total value proposition arrows that can flip up cards that put you know cards into your arsenal so brush off traps um for instance i guess that's why you like brush off right because it can trigger the hero ability what about i wanted to ask you if there's a few different cards fair and touch red is a high priority card in the time uh, but in Australia, as you mentioned that you want to have a you don't have, want to have you want to have a pure Australia deck fair and touch uh we in in my uh local game store card, if this is red, then you are very high priority to pick. Let's um finish off just kind of talking about some of the cards with equipment. You talked about Wayfarer's uh the, the headpiece when it comes to Azalea. What about for Riptide or just other equipment in general? What about you know if I talk about the Seeker's equipment or the Red Bear Tunic, for instance, that's a card I really like to have in, in Ranger. Where do you see these pieces of equipment in your draft? Do you want to take them high? Are they lesser priority than the pumps and traps, etc.? Yeah, uh, the Tunic, because uh, uh, my first 10 games is on Assassin, then I have a very bad experience with the Tunic, but my friend suggests me to trial in the Rangers, then I try to just very good because you can block out your hands that you can just use your tunic to shoot with your arrows. And I think uh, the tunic is very high priority in both ranges. And uh, other than that, uh, seeker equipment, I will avoid it because um, I have a preference that I don't want to draft any piece of mine in the format uh, that assume is I think uh, most of the three boss or every three boss that are better than uh, Peace of Mind, which might uh little bit different than other people's, but I, I, if, I, if I don't have a choice, 
then I will pick up secret equipment. And if you go more extreme, then secret equipment is also good in CS because you can use it in the first turn to help you scribe. It's also a way to help you look through your debt. And because I have more draft experience of replay that um, I have a much lower quality in those secret equipment. But if you are on a seal, then you might have to consider to pick. Uh, if you if you don't if you have to choose a bad card into a secret equipment, then secret equipment is a better way. And equipment, so for example, the toxic tips. Mm -hmm, toxic tips. Yeah. Um, yeah, and um, just don't uh just don't activate and use it for one box is yeah, yeah always better and and those kind of equipment is a key to help you fight through Kasu because uh if they play a for example yellow surging strike then as a good time perspective you want to block it and if you have this is the key that uh if you having uh one block. Let's have you fight through the big ball or not, which is very um, important because uh, the ways that I think uh, if you have drafting a good reply that that how you lose to Kasu is they natural combo it and is very hard and the finally the one board equipment is very is also quite good in the virus because. I think every body that is placed, uh, uh, any limited of outsiders, they, they have taste how good the uh, window maker is. And the last thing I want to talk about is uh, window maker is uh, the best blue pitch as uh, either they block with two hands that you are doing a already good job, uh, it blocks for free, it's a blue pitch, it has a uh, Relevant, uh, I would say, uh, what can call uh, the Berrigan Beta mm -hmm. is, yep. and, and those kind of card is uh, as his power as low as no matter how low it is, it still have a impact. So, if you if you having a blue window maker or other blue, I would say, for example, uh, sky bomb shot. Uh, is like window maker instead. Yeah, yeah. It's um, I mean the the power of the seekers equipment. I think is um, it's come down for me personally. Like it sounds like it's pretty low for you as well. And peace of mind. That's a really interesting take. You know, I know myself. A lot of other uh, players who have really keen on this format really like peace of mind, but definitely have had it be awkward. And I think your kind of philosophy of you know, damage and value of cards makes sense that maybe you wouldn't wouldn't like a card like Peace of Mind. The other thing I want to say, when you talked about this kind of damage proposition or the total value proposition, and you talked about the blocking equipment, is I can see why you like those so much because they are just total damage. And one of the things they do is is really relevant is they let you keep cards in hand. So you talked about Widowmaker means you only have to defend with one card plus equipment. Um, and maybe you've got an on-hit effect from like a yellow arrow, for instance. Maybe that means you get to keep two cards as opposed to one card in your hand or a red arrow plus a pump, for instance. Um, that's really, really relevant, I think, when you know, you're trying to beat these or you know block a surging strike, for instance, with one card as opposed to two because the way you're going to win games against a deck like Ninja as Ranger is dealing damage is 
putting damage on them. If you sit back in a two defensive, you're going to lose the game, right? They're going to leak damage with the Kadachis. They're going to take you um, to the late game. They're going to find a natural combo line, like you say, and uh, and push through. So yeah, really interesting. Um, so to finish up with Alan, I want to do, we've talked a lot about Ranger. I want to do pack one, pick one, as we always do on limited time only. So Alan, uh, I know in the notes there, there's a there's a picture of the pack. Can you see the, can you see the pack? Right, let's get into the pack, Alan, for our video. Uh, viewers, you've got the pack up in front of you. For audio listeners, I'm just going to quickly go through the pack and tell you what we've got here in front of us. So we've got a yellow Twin Twisters, a yellow Come to Fight, a red Wither, yellow Brush Off, blue Destructive Deliberation, red Sedation Shot, yellow Head Jab, blue Free Willing Renegades, yellow Withering Shot. We've got the Wafer as Crest. We've got our uh, Hybrid Cut. We've got Blood Rot Trap. We have blue toxicity and blue Fletcher, Fletcher blue tail rather as our two blue as our two rears, and then we our foil is a yellow backstab. So a fairly uh, a blue heavy pack here, and we have the four generic two two one split in this pack with our our one uh, being assassin. Uh, first of all, I think this pack is extremely weaker than the last episode. <laughs> it's <laughs> it's uh, quite a bit weaker. Blue. It's a blue heavy deck. The first I will shuffle to the top is uh there's zero for fee as a saving uh action attention the weather. Yeah, red weather. And, and I don't like sedation talk so much, so uh I think I either pick the red weather or the god rock check because god rock check helps me to stay open. Weather is a uh, it's a good uh, stealth card that you, you want to have in or in your Arachne deck or even uh, a usury deck. But, but Rock Shed, no matter what, is still blocking for free. And it has a very large upside sometimes. It helps you stay open. And other than that, uh, the pack is big week I give that I can switch either assassin or ranger I will pick uh but rock trap yep but rock trap the pick for Alan I mean I agree it's a pretty weak pack uh like you say Chu Hing had a much nicer pack to look at last week so sorry about that Alan um but yeah I I think the the cards for me as well blood or trap like you say keeps you open is um a really good card and then wither is just you know one of the best best uh red attacks you can have for for arachne um so I mean I don't think there's too much else really to to talk about there you know a weaker pack one pick one but an interesting one Alan I want to uh before we wrap up I want to first of all say a massive thank you for for coming on to Arsenal Pass Limited Time Only it's been great having you on and to hear your knowledge about Ranger uh, I want to say good luck at Baltimore for you and, and the team um, is there any other kind of like last things you want to say about drafting Ranger maybe any kind of tips or tricks that you want to impart or and um, I'll just let you say anything else you want to as well uh, I think uh, people uh, underappreciate the Rangers in the outsider formats because uh, getting fatigued is everyone afraid of and uh lacking lacking a weapon that's and you are not drafting a good deck enough that is actually might cause you a fatigued situation but given that uh usually only two rangers players uh hopefully won't have more rangers in my draft pool after this episode and um i think you should have a good quality cast and 
I will suggest that a uh, um, relatively good uh, Rangers hub port should have a relatively free usable port. And in the Rangers, you, uh, a yellow is always get the job done. That's you might only to have proof because the fun fact is uh, the blue arrows always passed in the uh, last uh, even the last five picks, you will see a blue arrows. Uh, my my observation is uh, they always passing a blue uh mile granule or mm -hmm. the blue skyburn shot. Okay. And, but you may think uh, this is a uh, uh bad arrows. Other than that, I think uh. Oops. I think its power level is uh, certainly good enough. I think it's a good competitor competitor in uh four two two draft pod. And if I have to com compare those ranges uh with other sets, uh I will say it is a I will use a TOA for example. I think let's see. I think uh, a Celia is a better lessee in TOA because you have a dominate, it can help you finish the game. Uh, the problem that uh, let's see in TOA is uh, they don't have dominate. So I think uh, a Celia is a better lessee in TOA. And Ripcard is uh, just like Odin, but it's obviously not as good as Odin because Odin is a bonkers in, in TOA draft. And that I experienced in the draft is uh, is although it's a very little chance, but I mentioned it. Uh, it's a if you getting hit with the uh red half, that turns your uh, arsenal face up. And if you have a spare hands that you want to pick an encounter, be sure you can use your ability first to turn the uh, up to get an encounter. Uh, because if the triggers resolve, then they will turn your card up and you don't have a time to give it kind of. And besides this is uh what I talk about is uh Assyria dominate arrows when you have no deck, uh Ravenous Rubble when you have uh, no decks. And probably the last one is the spring load. Uh if I'm correct, uh because uh, uh you don't want spring load in your ranges deck, but Springlow is a great card that keeps you open and you can use it very easily yeah. if you take Riptide and you have a Tunic. It's a very useful combo. And if I'm correct, uh, I forgot to put a card and Springlow will still get free attack. And yep. this is uh, also some little tricks about it. Thank you again for coming on Limited Time Only, Arsenal Pass, Alan Lau. Again, wish you all the best at uh, Proto Baltimore. And um, until next time, we'll see you in the next episode.